this morning, really excited about this morning. Should be a lot of fun, continuing our, well, since we're preaching, it's a one-way dialogue on listening to God, and um, I'm just stalling right now to let everybody find their seats again. All righty. And finish taking their kids to wherever they took their kids to. So this morning, I, I and Leslie Loveday are going to share a little bit about listening to God or communicating with God in the many ways that he does that. So um, communicating to God is a two-way process. Obviously, it's like communicating with one another. You communicate back and forth, and most of the time we think verbally. But God communicates to us and we communicate to each other in multiple different ways that we all learn how to do with each other. And I have had many people over the years tell me I've never heard God. And I would say, yes, you have. You just may not know it. Because sometimes we're listening for a particular thing or a particular way and God's up there going, you won't understand what I have to say if I say it like that. So I'm going to say it to you in another way. And he does that over and over in his word. That next slide, please. This hand-drawn diagram. Um, well, there you go. Um, so basically, you have your horizontal communication. God communicates to us through other people. That's the line, at the straight line at the bottom. And there's a vertical communication where we communicate with God, the up and down one. And then there's the parallel, although the lines aren't parallel. You math people, don't give me a hard time. I just had to stretch them out to make them fit. Um, where we, God speaks to us through angels or through the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit speaks through us. Um, and then the lines that loop around are different ways he communicates to us that take practice. And they... He speaks to us through his creation. He speaks to us through our five senses. And I'll be going over these more in, in, when I step back up here. Leslie's going to go first. Um, one of the things I wanted to cover is, oh, the one that's not on there is the Word of God. Because, duh, everybody knows God communicates through the Word of God. So I didn't put it on there. Plus, I didn't know where to draw the line or how to draw it. Because it's such an internal thing where you are reading the Word of God, and God speaks to you through it, but it's so common that everybody knows it, and in fact, it is almost close to, near, in a lot of people's hearts, the only way God communicates. Through His Word, that's it. The problem, with, that's really good when it comes to principles and ideas of who God is, what God is, and what he expects from us. But that stinks, because my wife's name is not in the Bible. So how in the world is I supposed to know I was supposed to marry her? God doesn't want to be involved in that. Just marry whoever you want. How do I know where to live? How do I know what job to take? How do I know all of that stuff? None of that's in the Word of God. So I couldn't find those things in the Word of God. God's got to communicate to me in another way. So that's the I'm not criticizing the Word of God. God communicates through it for sure. But there is far more ways he wants to do that. And the main reason is because is he loves the snot out of you. 
And he wants to talk to you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to know him and he wants to know you and he wants you to understand how much he knows you. Now, he can't know you any more than he already does because he already knows everything. But you, us knowing that he knows is huge. So Mark 12, next slide, 29 through 31. Jesus answered, <clears throat> this is the first commandment. This, this is the establishment of baseline of how do I know what I'm hearing in whatever form it takes? Is it God? The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other com greater commandment. I'll tell you what, anytime you hear God, love may better be the core. Even when you look through the scriptures in the New Testament where Jesus is dealing with problematic people, his drive is always them and loving them. Now, sometimes he has to deal with them sternly, but it's still because he loves them. So if you're hearing God and there's no love in it, ignore it. So I don't believe it's from him. Next slide, 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. So if you're receiving some form of communication that we'll talk about later that doesn't do that, ignore it. I skipped it. Second Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration as God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So, see, I threw the logos in there, right there. You get it? Wasn't ignoring it because it isn't on my drawing, and I know people are going to give me a hard time. What about the Word of God? Okay. So, Leslie's going to come up and share some experiences and some perspectives on some of these things. And then um, I'll come back up. Here you go, Leslie. Leslie Loveday. Um, yeah, so I think it's interesting because as we're preparing for this this week, I kept on reading through scripture and just like, how does God talk to us? How does God talk to us? And then um, I just kept coming back to um, there's so much communication that happens that is nonverbal. Um, and it was kind of like an aha moment to me, which is kind of silly because God personally does not talk to me audibly. I have never heard the audible voice of the Lord, um, but he definitely talks to me. He talks to me all the time. Um, and so I just started thinking about all the different ways when I'm praying and asking questions and having different thoughts. Um, like these are, this is God talking to me. This is God speaking to me. Um, where it's this vertical is really the one I'm kind of talking about the most. Um, so nonverbal communication when you are speaking to somebody is huge, right? Um, there's a lot of cues you get. Most people 
get. Some, some of us aren't too sharp and don't get them all the time. However, um, there is definitely something that goes on. If somebody is upset with you, you can probably tell. Um, if somebody is super excited about something, I'm sure you'd be able to tell. Um, so there are several different ways that we non-verbally communicate um, with each other that we can see visibly. Um, but I really want to talk more on how God non-verbally communicates to us without being able to see him here in the physical. Um, so I'm going to just give you a couple of um, ways that God has talk, spoken to me that have greatly impacted my life, um, things that I hope to never forget. Um, I can't imagine that I ever would. Um, but the first story that I want to tell is there was a lady that came with her daughter decades ago, and um, I don't even know why she was here. She was here at church for something. I don't remember her name. I, she only came the one time, um, but she prophesied over me, and that it is something that, um, one, has come to fruition since then, um, and two, something that I clung to for almost a whole decade before it actually happened. Um, at this time in my life, I was definitely pressing into my future and um, things that I knew God had for me, but I did not see any movement in them at all. Um, so she's praying for me, and she was so nonchalant about the way she said this. Um, she said a whole bunch of stuff that I'm sure was super important. I don't remember any of that, but the thing she said that was like, oh, and by the way, um, was you will find a mate, and you will have money pass through you. And at the time, I was working at American Express as a loan officer, and I, I was the one who set up all of the loans and distributed thousands and thousands of dollars a day. So I attributed the money flowing as that. Although something in me was like, that's weird because it's a loan. Like, that's not, that's not God. God doesn't loan us prosperity. We just get it. Um, so fast forward about 10 years later, um, Lance and I get married, and he has definitely prospered us. Um, we are definitely blessed in prosperity to be a blessing, and we have definitely seen money flow through us to bless other people. Um, and we are definitely prosperous in many, many other ways. Um, so something that I, I still cling to that because, I mean, God, God still wants to prosper me. He still wants to prosper my family. Um, he still wants me to be blessed to be a blessing. So that is one way that God has spoken to me that I still cling to today. Um, the other way is through our senses, so um, through smell. I don't know if you guys have ever driven through Montana, um, but anytime you get this like sweet aroma, um, it's hay. And um, there are times, I, I don't know many other places that I've actually smelled this smell so pungently. That feels like it puts a negative connotation to it. But, um, but there are times where I am driving, we moved up to Camas, so we live up in the Camas Valley. And there are times where I'm driving through the valley and I just get this overwhelming smell of hay. And it just automatically, serotonin starts flowing, the dopamine starts flowing, and I get this overwhelming sense of joy because some of my most favorite memories are from Montana with my grandparents. 
So I feel like that is one way that God speaks to me and is like, there's always joy for you. So anytime I get that smell of hay, a lot of times it's when I'm in a place that I'm not experiencing a lot of joy. And then that it will automatically just rush back to me. I mean, I think um, our sense of smell is one of the most powerful things because it can literally take you from one instant back to another where you had this overwhelming sense. And he uses that with us. There have been times where there's been smells that waft through this place as we're worshiping. And it's, it, you can't really put your finger on it, but it's the scent of God. Um, and then the last story, the, well, this isn't the last story I want to tell about this, um, just in the relation to this. Um, there was a point in time where I was, I don't know if doubting God is the right word to use, but um, I was definitely struggling to feel loved by him. And um, I, we were driving through Jeremy Ranch, like the back road from Jeremy Ranch to East Canyon. And um, one of my favorite animals is a moose. You don't see them super often when you don't go up into the mountains a lot. Um, but at this time, I just kind of threw this fleece before God and was like, God, if you really love me, let me see a moose today as we're driving. And um, right as we turned the corner, there's this big bull moose that lifted its head up from this drinking water in this marshy area. And I just started weeping. Because, um, like, I, I just knew, I just knew. Um, and now every time I see a moose, that moment comes back to me in an instant. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that God loves me. Um, so, as I was saying before, like, when we are in relationship with each other, um, we definitely pick up on the longer we spend with each other, the more you pick up on this subtle nonverbal communication. Um, so my sister Kelly, um, she reads me like a book. And um, yeah, like if something's wrong, she'll definitely know. Um, but that is all because we have spent so much time together. Um, so in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is, this is the, when you start to spend more time with God, that's when you start to pick up on the subtle nonverbal communication. That's when you start to pick up on, hey, I see this, this speaks to me for some reason. Um, so as I'm studying through this and like just meditating on this um, aspect of listening, we have to take a posture of listening to the nonverbal communication. So when we are um, asking God questions or have things going on in our life, I would really encourage you to, instead of having your ears be open, yes, that's a good thing, but open your eyes. Because I feel like we miss so much when we're like, God, please, God, like whatever, whatever's happening, I'm throwing this at you, like help me in this situation. And we're praying and our eyes are closed. Open your eyes because you're missing something. You could be missing something if your eyes aren't open to see things that God's putting in your path, in your visual path, in your olfactory path. Um, so one of the biggest things I think we all can relate to um, about God's promises is um, a rainbow. 
So in Genesis 9, 12, it says, and God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow on the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. So every time I see a rainbow, I realize that that is God's promise to me. God's promise to protect me, God's promise to prosper me, God's promise just that he's there. Um, and then the fragrance just really was hitting me this week. I'm not 100% sure why, but it was. And this is the scripture that came to my mind. It's Mark 14, 3. And it says, while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. It was made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Um, so a few things struck me about this. One, without a shadow of a doubt, every person that was there with Jesus and that woman, when she broke that jar, anytime they would smell that nard, they would be reminded of this moment in time and in history. Um, the other thing that struck me is um, the woman broke the jar over his head and anointed Jesus. So she was doing this to prepare Jesus for his death. Um, one, she was a woman. Um, two, she was a prostitute. So this was very, should not have been done. It went against every single norm of the day. Why would Jesus allow a prostitute woman to anoint his head for his death? That is beyond me. Like, why would you do this? But it's because he makes a way for every single one of us in every single situation that we're in. Um, so if a prostitute can anoint the head of the Son of God, just imagine, like, step into that, right? Sit with that for a minute. Like, where does that place you at the feet of Jesus? Um, the last uh, visual sign that I was thinking about, um, just with a nonverbal way that God communicates, is the stars in the sky. So it, it made me think of Abraham. Um, hold on a second. I'm skipping ahead. I meant to set my timer, Dad. Okay. I should have been flipping these pages before. Um, so a few things about stars. Um, in the Bible, the star stars are referred to a lot as angels. Um, so in Job 38, 7, it says, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Um, so he, he places, and then Isaiah 40, 26, it says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings the starry host one by one and calls them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Um, I don't know if you guys have looked up in the sky lately, but there's a lot of stars out there. And he knows each one of them by name. He actually calls them forth by name. If he cares that much about a ball of gas, how much more does he want to speak to you? Yeah? Right? Like... Um, 
Genesis, Genesis 15, 5 says, He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. This was a promise to Abraham that he would have offspring. It is also a promise to us. So Abraham at this time was old. He didn't have any kids. And God is promising him, he's promising him offspring. Um, now, the story after this gets pretty muddled, um, really muddled, actually. But the thing that I think is cool as I was reading through this passage is God still gave Abraham his promise, even though he went and tried to do it on his own and didn't listen. He didn't listen to God. He might have heard him and then thought, oh, okay, it's not happening now in this second, so I'm going to go make it happen. So he went and slept with Hagar, 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 had a kid. So he did have offspring, but he promised offspring to him and Sarah, right? After this, God still comes through. Even though Abraham messed up, God still gives him what he told him he was going to give him. Um, which I think is so important if we sit back and listen. If we sit back and open our eyes and open our ears and just listen to what God's telling us in our circumstance. It might not look the way we think it's supposed to look. Most of the time, it probably won't in reality. I feel like this last five years of mine and Lance's life, 100%, 100%, not going the way we think it should go. But I feel like the promise that I hold on to is that no matter what happens and no matter how badly we mess this up, because we've made some mistakes, God is still going to give us our promise, no matter what. Because I look up in the sky and see countless numbers of stars and know that God's promise for me is still true and amen. Um, so I also want to touch a little bit on how am I going? Am I taking too long? Do I need to be done? Okay. Four more minutes. Okay, yikes. Um, so... I feel like the way we all hear and listen and receive from God is probably 100% different than anybody in this room. Um, I am not the kind of person who can sit quietly and be like, oh, okay, God's talking to me. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> because my mind goes a bazillion other places. What am I supposed to be cleaning right now? Who am I need, like, who needs to be fed? What's going on? Where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm probably missing an appointment. Um, these are the things that I'm thinking about when I'm trying to hear from God. It's on the way to the appointments, as I'm driving to the appointments. It's as I'm exercising and running. It's while I'm doing something. Those are the two biggest things for me while I'm running and while I'm driving, because I drive a lot these days, um, is where I find that God is like, okay, you're here. Let's have a conversation. Um, and the interesting thing was, it used to be running was my thing. I would be like, oh, I'm frustrated. I'm going to go for a run. I would go for a run. I would talk to God. He would talk back, and I would, my world would be right again. Um, that has changed. So when Lance and I first got married, we had a way of communicating. I wouldn't recommend it. 10 out of 10, no. Um, but that's how it worked. But we both had to refine how we communicated with each other so that he could communicate to me the way I would hear him and listen to him 
and that I would speak to him and communicate to him the way he would listen and hear me. Still not perfect. It's only been 13 years. Give us a chance. Um, but it's, it's that, that James 8, it's draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And the thing of it is, is God will speak to you where he knows you will hear him. That may change. That will evolve over time. It will look differently from one year to the next, probably, whatever, but it will refine over time. Um, so I think my biggest prayer for all of us this week is that we would journey with God in knowing how to sit back and listen and hear what he has to say. Because um, he only has, he only wants to say the good things, right? I mean, he does want to bring us correction, but he does it in a way where you're not feeling like you're being beat over the head. Um, it's his kindness, right? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And he wants to journey with us. He wants to be on this ride with us. He wants to hold our hands step by step and day by day. So as I've been praying through this week and trying to prepare for this message, um, I think the thing that hit me the most was God was just saying, just sit back, just rest. That doesn't mean you have to sit and be still, like not move and not do anything, but quiet yourself. Be in a, be in a place of where you can hear me whether, like, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, put yourself in the right mindset that you can hear what I'm trying to speak to you through all of the things, whether it's a hawk in the sky, an eagle, a rainbow, trees clapping their hands, whatever it is, listen, because he is talking to us always, 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 always. I want to share one more story really fast. I have a friend who um, recently, in the last couple years, came to know Jesus. And I've known this person for several years. And the whole, like, I looked, at, I looked at him and said, could you, if you look back on your life, can you see how he was talking to you the whole time? And he's like, yes, I can. I can see where he was there every single step of the way. So if we just sit back and look and listen, open our eyes, open our ears, we will hear the voice of God. Well, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. That's the first time she's ever done this. She really did a good job. I mean, I'm not surprised. She is my daughter, but... No, she... Uh, that was a blessing. Thank you, Leslie. Um, I just... Let's... Can you put up slide two, Corky? <clears throat> so what I want to... I'm going to refer to some specific things, but I want, what I want you to see is that everywhere around you, communication is happening. Every moment of every day, all day long, communication is happening. And so I want to go through these things to show you what I mean by that. We, the only, if you look at a radio, I'm, and the way you communicate, you have, a, you have the sending unit and the receiving unit. And the sending unit can be sending all the time, working constantly. And if the receiving unit is turned off, 
You don't hear a word. So that's why you turn your radio off when the sports announcers come on. I can tell you this, God's receiving unit is never off. It is always on. And so the issue, as always, is us. So we need to make sure we turn our receiving units on because most of the time, once we decide that God is there and real, our sending unit works pretty good, or we think it does. This is what I want to touch on. So first, let's do vertical communication, slide 14, Corky. Um, God speaks out loud. I, I, I'm not going to take the time to read these scriptures because I want to get out of here before noon. You want to get out of here before noon. Um, he speaks out loud. Paul's on his, Saul is on his way to Damascus. God knocks him down and speaks to him. Now, many people say, well, maybe the Old Testament, maybe the speaking is really in the, you know, the, the small, still voice. God isn't talking out loud. The problem is the burning bush spoke, and here the people didn't see the light that blinded Saul, Paul, but they heard the voice. So out loud, God spoke. I'm like Leslie. I have never had God speak to me from the heavens like he did. This is my son, who I'm well pleased Speaking from the bush, Moses, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. I've never had that happen, okay? It can happen. It does happen. It's biblical. And maybe, maybe my receiver just isn't tuned to out loud voice. Because to me, that seems really scary. To actually hear the thunderous... In fact, the people in Israel fell to the ground crying, kill us, go, oh, we don't want to talk to God, don't make us go up on the mountain. Wah. So it's apparently a scary thing to listen to God talk out loud. That internal small voice in 1 Kings, Elijah, is, has the, the confrontation with um, Jezebel and the priests of Baal. He whoops them pretty good, and then she says, well, we're just going to kill all of you. So then he runs and hides in a cave and all sorts of, the earth shakes, the sky's lightning flashing and he goes out, so he hears the small still voice. I, I take that as being the internal voice. That's the one I hear most of the time. And I can tell you, I went through a period of time where, so I, I'm used prophetically very often and God talks to me a lot about things. Of 90% of what he talks to me about, about people and other things, no one ever else hears because it's intercession. So I just intercede for people. And, and I went through about a six to nine month period where I, I wasn't able to speak in church. Wasn't able to prophesy. God didn't shut up. Kept talking to me, which was hard. Because I thought, well, if he's talking to me, I got to talk. That's not true. But so God wants to communicate. I believe he's talking to all of us all the time. Okay, now the, go back to slide two, Corky. The, the non-parallel, the little V pieces that go up. Um, in Hebrews 13.2, it says, Be not for, forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And we know that Mary was talked to by an angel and... and um, um, John the Baptist's dad was talked to by an angel. So we know that angels, God uses angels to communicate to us. 
both in the Old and the New Testament, so that's a legitimate way. And in Jude, this is a good one, but ye, building, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay, so, because those drawings I have, if you can go back to two, Corky, those, those arrows go both directions. So sometimes we think God speaks and we understand we speak back. But the Holy Spirit both speaks to us and through speaking in tongues, we speak to God. Fortunately, the Holy Ghost, being God, knows really what we need. We think we know what we want, but the Holy Ghost knows what we need. So when you speak in tongues, the Holy Ghost is saying, uh, forget what he just said, here's what really needs to happen here, okay? This is what really needs to be going on. And, um, and so Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Well, let that be your testimony. Man, and if, you, and if you're like, I don't know what to say, speak in tongues, pray in tongues. The Holy Ghost intercedes for you and makes it happen. It's a wonderful thing. Okay, horizontal communication, that's where people are communicating to us. God's using people to communicate to us, and that's prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, speaking in tongues. God is communicating to us through, the, through people. Does that all the time. Um, you pray to, so just a quick story. My wife and I, I was going through a time where I was losing my imagination, losing my creativity, and I was praying and asking God what I should do, and, and so me and my family got together and we talked about me quitting one of my jobs because I have a bunch of them. So I'd have more time. And which also means less money. So a week goes by and nothing happens. So my communication, my verbal communication with God goes higher and higher and higher. God, 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 <laughs> okay. You gotta come through here, do something. Well, then we get bookings in our we have the Airbnb and we get bookings in our Airbnb, which provided the money, some money. But then I came to church that next, that morning and someone walks, comes up to me and says here, God told me I should bless you and hands me the confirmation to our prayer, to my prayer. So God, so God heard me and answered me in his indubitable style in his time, not mine. So got horizontal communication. The next one, Leslie touched on this lot, the, the circuitous communication. The first one is his creation. I wanna read this scripture because it is so cool. But this is Job, but ask now, God talking to Job, but ask now the beast and they shall teach thee and the fowls of the air and they shall tell thee or speak to the earth and it shall teach thee. And the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee, who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all things. Well, Jesus himself, when they said, you gotta tell your people to shut up. He said, listen, if they don't declare me, the rocks will cry out. Now the scripture says, all creation groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. The creation designed by God speaks to us, and God uses that creation to speak to us. Leslie talked about that with the rainbow. Well, I want to, so how do I communicate back to God through the creation? I'd say the number one thing is being a good steward. See, God is watching. 
And your actions, nonverbal actions, communicate to God. So if you're destroying his creation, you're communicating to him. I really don't care what you made. I don't like it. That's a bad thing to do. This happens. The way you treat people communicates. Well, I treat most people well, except for those I don't like or don't agree with. God's watching. And when you have somebody who has a different view than you, whatever that may be, and you aren't responding to them in love, God's listening. Just want to encourage you. He's listening all the time, even to your nonverbal, my nonverbal communication. Everything I do communicates horizontally and vertically. And it's important that we understand that. <clears throat> In Hebrews 5, it says, As we mature, be, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I have a friend who can smell certain things that God communicates through him through smells. I've never had that happen. But I believe him because I've watched him do it. We used to work together and he'd go, okay, this is this. What? What are you talking about? No, no, this is a smell that is always accompanies this. And he's right. I don't understand it, but that's all right. I don't have to. God wants to talk to us. He longs to speak with us. He enjoys our presence and he wants to hear our voice. He wants all of that, and he wants you to know that it is happening 24-7, 365. Not just when you go in your prayer closet, not just when you go running, not just when you sit silently, not just when you're resting. He is listening all the time, and you are communicating all the time. And we need to understand the vastness of this. So, like Leslie said, I really encourage you to... Open up your eyes, open up your ears, open up your soul, open up all your senses, your nose, your taste, open them all up and be prepared, be prepared for God to speak to you. In the, and the cool thing is, the reason he does this is because he knows that we all respond differently to different things. He understands us, and he knows that some of us are like, oh, blah, blah. It's, sometimes we, God is like Charlie Brown voices, and we're not listening. But then we're driving down the gravel road, and we see a moose, and we'd start crying because God communicates to us in the way that he knows will best meet our need. Amen? Amen. Thank you for your time. Be blessed, hear God, and have a good blessed life. So, I have to close the service, which means I've got to shift gears. This is the hardest part for me here. <laughs> Over there is a table that somebody will be sitting there to pray for you. If you want prayer, anybody in this room will probably pray for you if you just ask, because um, we love you and we love to pray. So um, thank you all for coming. Lord, I ask a blessing upon each and every person here today that you bless them 
Let them have a prosperous day and let them hear your voice in whatever form it takes. Amen.